politicians are the virus. Yeah, man, maybe I am dumb. You think you're free? You think you're free just because you can't see the cage they keep you in? Fauci jerked off a pangolin, and now we all have COVID. It's us against them, guys. Get out there and spread that love and liberty. Let's go. Welcome to The Dad Presents. Thank you guys so much for joining me. How you doing today? Tell you what, I had a rough weekend. I was in Florida, you know, I got a house down there and I had to go down and check it out. And I said, gay in Florida. And the SWAT team descended on me, grabbed me, arrested me, threw me in prison. It was a rough weekend in prison. And then I got out and yesterday, come back home to Hollywood. I got to go to the Oscars and it was a good time. I'm backstage and a fight breaks out between this bald chick and some cuck named Will. It was chaos. I caught an elbow in the eye. Just a mess. But guys, man, I got a show today. We got a great show today with Chris Rossini from the Liberty Report. And now I got to record another one tomorrow with farmer Joe Joel Salatin, you're going to love this guy. He's amazing. He was on the Rogan experience, I don't know, like five, six years ago. That's where I first heard about him. He spoke at the California Liberty Convention a couple weeks ago, and he is revolutionizing farming. And we're going to need it because Joe Biden said we're all about to starve to death. So uh, that's enough of me. Let's just go right into the show. Guys and girls, we are here today with Chris Rossini. He's a great writer for the Libertarian Institute, and he has the most amazing job of co-hosting the Liberty Report with Ron Paul. Chris, thank you so much for joining. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely, man. And thanks for hooking that up last week with Ron. It was a thrill. And before we get into all the Liberty talk and everything that's going on in the world, I want to just maybe fanboy out a little bit. Uh, Ron Paul, he's, he's a national treasure and you work with the man every single day or mm-hmm. as often as, as it's your shows on, uh, what's that like? And give me like a nugget of good things you've learned from him. Oh, well, it's, it's as great as you would imagine it to be. I'll start by saying that, um, he is a wonderful person that's, and I'm not just saying that because I work for him. He genuinely is. And how you see him in public is how he is in private. Uh, he's a genuine person. He's, uh, he's kind and caring. Even if you work for him, you don't work for him. Uh, one thing that many people don't see, though, is he's a very funny person. He jokes a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Before we start our programs, we have a lot of fun. You know, he's always joking. Uh, so that's, that's one thing he doesn't, uh, do as much publicly because he's usually talking about serious issues and it's not a time to joke, but he is a very good hearted and, uh, a person who likes to have fun. Like he says, you know, if you're going to do this, you might as well have fun doing it. So uh, it's, it's good. You can, you can see all the horrible things going on in the world and still uh, have a positive attitude and, you know be humorous like i don't know how else you would deal with all the information in his head and not and not just collapse and you know i don't know how old he is but he's got to be getting closer to 90 and when you look at the mental state of our current president compared to to mr paul you gotta you gotta wonder like how much better we would be off if we swapped the two out right now Oh, that's another thing that uh you know i could talk about him all day but he is 86 
and he is extremely well informed. He's better than I am. I mean, and I don't say that, uh, you know, I'm serious when I say that he is, he often, did you hear this? Did you hear this? Did you see this? And I said, no, you know, I'm behind <laughs> and I try to keep up as best as I can, but yeah. he, uh, he really has it down and he has a great mind at 86 and, uh, you know, we're very lucky were he president, you know, it would, it would be a wonderful thing, but they, you know, I don't know if he even even would want that job. It's a crazy yeah. job, and they, you know, based on what we saw, they they prohibited it from happening. So they sure did. Yeah, I don't know who would want that job. All right, on to the, the liberty. Uh, yeah. Biden said this weekend, <laughs> I mean, just mind blowing. He said we should expect food shortages, which I believe is true, but he said it's because of the sanctions on Russia, which I don't think is the reason we're going to have food shortages. I think we got a zillion other problems, though that doesn't help. But what what this premise, what his statement suggests is that we as Americans are supposed to accept Americans dying in, in the streets because that's what food shortages will lead to. Americans just starving to death in exchange for punishing Russian citizens who really have nothing to do with any of this that that seems to be the premise he wants us to accept um do you think food shortages are coming and and what is the reason in your opinion i i do and i hope i'm wrong about that and i do agree with you i don't think it's uh because of russia um there has been I guess uh, I don't, if your viewers are, are uh, familiar with the World Economic Forum, yeah, you know, yeah. there's these big, rich conglomerates, corporations, governments, where they have these ideas that they're going to remake everything. And food is part of the deal. Um, it is well known. It's reported that the largest farm owner in our country is Bill Gates. And that should scare people no matter what you think of Bill Gates. Uh, you know, and, and that, that's a fact. Bill Gates owns the majority of the farms in the country that I mean, I, I forgot about that. That's true. That's wild. Yeah. And he's involved with these companies that uh, make synthetic meats. And that's the, only, the other thing is they, you know, we see headlines here and there to pepper day. What would it be like we could eat insects and this and that? So they want to centrally plan what we eat. And definitely meat. They're very against meat for us, not for themselves, for I'm sure. Uh, and, you know, a person should have whatever diet they want, but it shouldn't be controlled at the top, uh, you know, what everybody is going to eat. And, uh, yeah, it's a scary thing. I hope that they do not pull it off. The one positive we have from history is central planning always fails. Mm. And it doesn't matter who tries to do it because life is far too complex to uh, to map out on a blueprint, you know, we're free individuals and we choose every single second of the day. And it's impossible to anticipate that uh, what everybody is going to choose, uh, even what one person is going to choose is virtually impossible to do. But, you know, these people, they have dreams or delusions of grandeur and they believe themselves to be special, that they're going to plan out. And of course, they use the lines that it's for our health and for the environment and for this and that. And, and it's, it boils down to their control. And, uh, you know, I believe they will fail. But in the meantime, when people like this 
you know, try to enact their delusions, they create a lot of damage, a lot of suffering, a lot of mm. famine, a lot of starvation. So that I do believe is a strong possibility as they, uh, you know, try to pull off the impossible. Yeah, it's scary. Like, like people here, people my age, people your age, um, we've we don't think it can happen here because it hasn't happened since our grandfathers were kids, but. It can, and people need to wake the hell up. Now, you brought up the World Economic Forum. I, I wasn't really going to go there, mm-hmm. but since you brought it up, there's now an exploratory committee uh, regarding a central Federal Reserve digital currency, which is terrifying, combined with food shortages, war, uh, ESG scores at banks. I mean, this is, this is what... Uh, it's the great reset that Glenn Beck has been yammering on about for two years. And I used to not, not listen to Glenn Beck. And I, I thought he was a kook because that's what the mainstream told me that he's a loon Mm -hmm. is, is the guy a loon or, or is he onto something? Is, is this great reset, a, a, a push for like a conspiracy for global control? Uh, I really can't comment on Glenn Beck because I don't follow him. So I don't know one way or another. Uh, so it would be unfair for me to make any judgment on them. The World Economic Forum, uh, they're very public about um, what they want to do. So it's not hidden. You know, a lot of people, they talk about tinfoil hats and this mm-hmm. and that. And But the World Economic Forum is out there and they tell people what they want, how it's going to they almost project. You know, they tell you what's going to happen. And, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to happen that way, like I said. Uh, so yeah, they, they believe in a great reset, which uh, goes back to my earlier comment, you know, they want to control, uh, through the public private partnerships is what they call them. Yeah. You know, there's a word for that. Uh, Mussolini <laughs> came up with it. It's called fascism yeah. when you merge, yeah. uh, corporations with the state, but they put a nice, uh, different name on it, a euphemism called public private partnerships. Where you know governments and corporations will work together for uh, you know to uh, to to order things correctly because free freedom, free markets, capitalism that's that's too messy. It's you know it's too messy. It can't be controlled. So they want to uh, merge corporations with governments, and we saw that uh, flat out with COVID. If that wasn't a merger of uh, uh, big pharmaceuticals and government agencies, I mean, what else could be? And we see it all the time. Uh, with uh, the wars, the military-industrial complex. So it's this public-private partnership is nothing new, uh, but they're you know they're very um, uh, passionate about imposing this on the world. Obviously, the world would not choose this on on uh, on our own. So they're going to find ways through governments to impose this on us. Yeah. So you answered the question about Glenn Beck without answering it. He, this is what he's been talking about for two years. And I read his book about three months ago because I like all these things he was saying were starting to come true. And the book, the book is terrifying. Like at this point. Okay. So like digital currency, I've been involved in Bitcoin for a long time and and it's, it feels like a pathway to freedom from um, control by the federal government over our currency but now they're catching up with this Federal Reserve digital currency, which is the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the absolute worst thing. And I don't, I'm not sure people grasp the difference between Bitcoin, which is decentralized digital currency, takes the power back for yourselves, and the Federal Reserve going to a digital currency, which is not, which is worse than cash. Because cash is losing its value, their digital currency, 
would be losing the value while also giving them 100% control. Um, have you, have you read anything about their plans for this digital currency? Um, not specific plans. I don't know if those types of plans would ever be made public. If, you know, I'm sure they exist. Well, Biden but, announced, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he announced that they, they want to start looking into this. So they made that. Part oh, of oh, oh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, a control over money, the federal reserve, it's bad as it is, but it would be much, much worse if it's all digital, all in account controlled by the Federal Reserve versus, uh, you know, what you mentioned about Bitcoin, because the whole purpose would be surveillance of every every transaction, literally every transaction we make. And as uh, as we got a taste with the COVID vaccines, uh, if you don't obey, you know, that your bank account could be cut off immediately. Right. And, and And we see that they would have no hesitation in doing it. They actually uh, imposed vaccine passports in cities, yeah. and and many of the people support it. You know, so your um, digital Federal Reserve uh, money, if you don't obey, then that'll be it for that money. They will. They would have uh, a scary amount of control over people, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So that is obviously something that we would never want. But uh, and it could be tied into food, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be tied into vaccine status. It could be tied into you know your political opinions. Yep. Uh, if you have the wrong political opinions, I mean, if you have a digital uh, wallet at the Federal Reserve, and it's it would be it would be political money. You would have to be a political slave. And uh, your money would be controlled that way. And uh, yes. let's hope that never happens. Yes. If you want to go on the, the Liberty Report and run your mouth and trash talk Biden, you're you're taking a risk. You're, mm -hmm. you're taking a risk mm -hmm. at that point, because if they want, they can just they can wipe you out with a couple keystrokes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Scary. And another thing Joe said this week, weekend, he said that Putin cannot remain in power. Like he said those words out of his mouth and. And I don't know what else that means besides we need to take him out, because if we don't plan on taking him out, then what are you actually saying? Um, now, his people tried to walk it back. I'm wondering if he's given away the plans or if he's just, you know, being crazy. Joe, I don't know what the deal is, but they've not made any attempt at peace. Peace seems attainable still at this point. There's going to become a point where we cross a line where peace is no longer attainable and then what like i have kids do you have do you have children i do yes okay so how do you feel about this in regards to like family like does are you scared yeah i mean i as much as i try to remain optimistic we uh you know we see the dark side of humanity we've saw it with iraq we saw it with afghanistan we've seen it in the, all the coups and everything else that are they don't seem to care even when they fail. They just move on to the next one. Uh, you know, Russia is not Iraq. It's not a Central American nation. It's not a, this is a major nuclear power. And if you take the attitudes of people that have, have uh, power and they apply it to Russia, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's potentially world ending. And, you know, it's it's hard to even mention that because you think it's so out of 
uh, you know, out of bounds that that would never happen. Right. But that's a, a rational person thinking. Yeah. These people yeah. that uh, that start these wars and get into these wars, they have shown their track record is that they don't don't think that way. They mm-hmm. really believe uh, they drink their own Kool Aid, as my colleague Daniel says, and that is a scary part. If if nobody with a clear head is there to stop it, then yeah, who knows what can happen, and it could be very very bad. Yeah, yeah, like you said, people. People don't think it can happen. Going back to what I said earlier, we've just had it so good here for so long mm-hmm. that I, I don't think people think something bad can happen here. Like like nuclear war seems like it's just not possible. But the fact is those weapons do exist. And the two nations arguing right now possess those weapons. And we're already s- stating that the one guy who has them uh, is out of his mind. So, so where does that leave us? Um, now you say they don't care either they don't talking about our leaders either yeah. either our leaders don't care or they're dumb mm. or they have bunkers somewhere for themselves for a worst case scenario i don't know but either they're dumb or they don't care what happens to the world or they have protections built in for themselves who knows but what's really disappointing to me is how gullible the american people are mm. because we just we went through we went through this in 2001, 2002. We, it was, they clearly lied to us. Everybody now knows they lied to us. We just went through COVID. Everybody went along with, the large majority of the population went along with COVID. And most of those people, a lot of those people are now coming out of it and being like, yeah, we were fooled. Yet here we are with this and people are, they're buying it again. Everybody I know who bought COVID is buying this. And I don't, it's disappointing. I don't get it. I don't get how they can just buy it like that. No, the um, the propaganda apparatus that we live under, they're very, very good at what they do. They obviously know human psychology. They know herd, uh, how people act in herds. They know how people follow one another. Uh, and they obviously the media, if they're all saying the same exact thing, there's something fishy there too, because people just aren't that way. There's always somebody that has some kind of different view but when everybody is singing the same exact song, that means that uh, those main outlets must have be controlled uh, by the same people uh, in some way. Uh, how people can keep falling for this, uh, I, I wish I had the answer. I don't know why that is, but that is how it, especially we went, how they quickly ditched COVID is, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I saw a video on uh, Twitter yesterday uh, showing this is how uh, long it takes now to scroll down CNN's page to find the mention of COVID. It was like a minute of scrolling. It's it's gone. It's absolutely amazing. Something that was supposedly killing everybody just a month or so ago is now gone. It's still surging again. So yeah, they want to ignore it. So it's... How, you know, how people can be so gullible, they're very trusting. I would say the government schools have something to do with that because they teach, again, if they start with us at kids, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. By the time you're an adult, you've gone through, most people have gone through the government school system. And then you have the media who's, 
who complements it. That's for adults. Now you've graduated from government schools, and now you're getting the same thing for adults from the media. Yeah, you're so right. That's what the media is, a, a, adult yeah. public school. Yeah. It's like an adult public school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, most people, even though they know they're being lied to, because it keeps happening, they keep going back. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but you know, I guess I, I consider myself fortunate. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't get it either because I'm the, I'm the same as you. Like I'm I'm naturally skeptical, and I wasn't always that way. I used mm-hmm. to. I used. I'm a product of public school, and mm-hmm. I, it. There were two turning points for me. Number one was when I was in fifth grade, and I still believed in Santa Claus because I was told Santa Claus is real. And I ended up getting in a fight at school defending Santa Claus's honor when somebody told me Santa was not real because Mm. I was told this. I believe Mm. this. I'm a trusting kid. That was an eye opener for me at that young of an age, believe it or not. And then the war in 2001, when I found out the government lied, I was like, that's it. I don't trust anymore. But some people, either they, they, they don't care to think through the steps or they're just that gullible and that trusting that they will just keep returning to it. And this this makes me think of, I don't know if you saw the Joe Rogan um, experience with Dr. Malone when he brought up mass formation psychosis. Did you see that? I only saw clips. I didn't see the whole show. Okay. No. okay. Well, Dr. Malone, and I think this is why they, they tried to shut that one down and tried to ban Rogan. He brought up a term called mass formation psychosis. Mm-hmm. And that's talking about how when the entire society... Uh, basically goes crazy together on one conspiracy, right? Mm-hmm. When the, the entire country buys into the same narrative and we're all just essentially a herd of sheep. Mm-hmm. And he pointed that out. We're having the guy on uh, Dr. Matthias Desmond who popularized that, that, that term. And I, I think that's where we're at with this war thing. Just the entire population has bought in. They don't think it through. And it's a, a sort of hypnosis upon the entire population. Um, but what you said about government schools, so true. I've instructed my kids. Now, this, this might sound un- unpatriotic. I tell them not to say the Pledge of Allegiance because you should not be pledging your allegiance to a flag or a group of rulers. You know, you pledge your allegiance to your family, uh, you know, the people that you love, your family, your community, whatnot. I think you're right. The public schools do indoctrinate these kids. And I didn't see that until recently. So what is the solution to that? Oh, boy. I mean, the public's, you know, I wish I had a solution. There's just so many believers that I don't know. Um, But this mass formation psychosis, I believe, you know, has some validity. And what happens and what this, what social media, what technology, as great as it is, there, we now know there are tremendous downsides is People feel pressured by their groups, so they may not even know what they're supporting. I I would guess that a lot of people fall into this category with Ukraine. Uh, They don't know what's going on. It's a very complicated situation there, and it's not something that just started right now. You know, but they, I guess we have a tendency when we see people that are in our families and our friends and social media and the flags, they know how to use colors and, and symbols, masks, and, you know, with COVID, they know that this stuff works. It it pulls on the heartstrings of people and, and people just go along. And, uh, you know, I guess, well, we saw with COVID too, that we have a, a severe lack of courage in this country. Uh, we allowed 
the government to do things that no governments have ever done before. I mean, even shut down churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we could go back to the Caesar who didn't even shut down the churches. So it just shows that the lack of courage has taken hold too. And that is another very bad sign for a nation. Yeah. Lack of courage. True. And I think you hit on something there when you said that um, uh, they tap into people's empathy mm-hmm. because pe- people want to believe they're good. People want to mm-hmm. do the right thing. So if they make you, if they show you pictures of the Ukraine and these people are dying, yeah, that makes you feel bad. And you mm-hmm. want to do something about that. You know, so they're not going to show you the babies dying in Yemen, the half a million of them or whatever, because they That's don't right. want you to feel bad about that. Because people, if people saw dead babies in Yemen, they're going to yeah. feel bad because people, people are, they might be dumb. Okay. People <laughs> might be dumb, but most people have empathy in them. Mm. And they did the same thing with COVID. They called people grandma killers and people right. don't want to kill grandma. People love grandma. Who doesn't love their grandma? Right. So th- I think you hit on something there. They, 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 they tie into people's empathy um, and exploit that. Yeah. Um, I, I read something preparing for the show uh, earlier this morning. I, I, I ran through your Twitter and I, I read a tweet that stuck out to me. I want to read it now because I, I loved it. Um, you wrote last week, you, you wrote, I don't get why so many people use the term rhino. Democrats are honest. They tell you flat out that they're going to rip you off and then they rip you off. Republican Republicans, with few exceptions, you said, promise not to rip you off, but rip you off anyway. They're not rhinos. They're Republicans. Basically, you're saying that Republican in name only isn't what we should call these people. They're all that way. That's what a Republican is. They lie to you and they rip you off. And it's so true. Yeah. And and that's speaking as somebody who once I once considered myself a Republican until I saw what was happening, that how many times are these people going to let you down? And it keeps happening to the point where, you know what, maybe they're not letting you down. Maybe they're fooling you constantly. And that's what I believe the the situation is that, uh, you know, even uh, Dr. Paul says, you know, he would love for there to be a second party in this country. But uh, (laughs) because they really are when it comes down to the big major stuff. Now, they'll fight on television and the big major stuff, they yep. are together, where yep. there be wars and welfare. And that's why when you look at a chart of government spending, government debt, it is all one direction up, never down, never the opposite direction, never in the way you would the Republicans would go. If they're, and, and even when Republicans are in power, we saw it in the Trump administration, the spending, the debt was, you know, out, out of this world. And but yeah. Well, you know, for for whatever reason, again again with this, uh, but we're talking about parties and people feel very passionate. It's almost like a football team, and uh, they'll ignore the bad stuff that your party does, and they both do it. So the the Democrats would complain about Bush's wars, but once Obama, you know, he had eight countries that they were firing on. They were silent, yeah. didn't say a word. And with the Republicans, with it's with spending, yeah. They yeah, will they, do the health care and this and that and and run up government and Republicans will be quiet. It's it's an amazing phenomenon. The the elite do an amazing job of tying into people's tribalism and getting them fighting over nonsense like yeah. which bathroom Leah Thomas should pee in. But then when it comes to the two big things, which is war and spending, they're always unanimous. They're always united. And when Republicans and Democrats are united, you can you can guarantee that, number one, it's a big issue. And number two, the American people are getting screwed. 
That's, yeah. that's, that's what's happening every single time. Um, and both sides, the voters and both sides largely fall for it and they don't see it or they don't see an alternative. It's like, you know, you, you always hear every election, uh, I'm voting for this, I'm voting for Hillary or I'm voting for Trump because it's the lesser of two evils. Mm. Well, that's good. Look where that's gotten us. Right. And, and this side, Trump was a little bit different. You know, he's a bit of a populist and he said a lot of things that were good. And I even believe that he meant a lot of those things, but he was a dumbass who didn't know how to execute any of it. And the inflation we are feeling now, and this is what cracks me up about Republican voters are so mad about the inflation and the prices of gas right now, but they don't see this present inflation as a result of Trump's spending for the last four years. Like, the decisions Biden has made have been awful. I don't even think the inflation from that has kicked in yet. It's going to, and it's going to be ugly. But Republicans need to see that. They need to come to terms with that. Repu- when I say Republicans, Republican voters need to come to terms with that so that next time we only got one or two more chances left, as far as I can see, and then it's kaput. So is there a can is there somebody within the de- in the Republican Party who can be that candidate and take the torch from Ron Paul and run with it and win and save this country, you know, as the fourth quarter is expiring or is it too far gone? Hmm. I, I don't know. Are there good people? Yes. I mean, my two favorites are uh, Rand Paul and Thomas Massey in the house. Those are are my two favorites. Yeah. (laughs) So do they exist? And, but, you know, becoming president, we see, is not uh, what people think it is. And we have we saw that with Ron Paul's candidacy. We've seen it many, many times, and especially with Trump. Uh, so becoming president is not as simple as, oh, let's just get the most, you know, there's a lot that goes on. There's the party leadership that can squash things. There's and, and even what we saw with President Trump, and I'll, I'll agree with you, there were some things that I did like about him, uh, but we learned with him that this is not the president, you know, the president itself, we were always, and this probably comes from the government schools, you think of this as the most powerful man in the world. He's in charge of the most powerful government, and this is the guy that is the leader of the so-called free world. Well, we saw with Trump, especially that that is not the case because yeah. he would say something and then right away his, you know, people under him would say, oh, no, he didn't mean that. And, mm-hmm. and nothing would happen. Yep. And, and it's like, well, wait a second. That's not how we're told the president is. Mm-hmm. is does you, do you mean to say that he has a boss <laughs> and it's not us? Right. You know, so it's. And and I think everybody already expects that of the Biden administration. I think yeah, very few people, yeah, think that he's in control. Uh, so it's you know, as far as a good guy getting in there and and turning it around, it doesn't look very likely. What looks more likely is that uh, our uh, American empire will go the way of other empires, and they all eventually overstretch themselves and go broke. And that is probably most likely what is going to happen. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, yeah. Ron, Ron Paul somehow manages to always be an optimist. I try to be an optimist, but I become less optimistic every day. It sounds like you're not super optimistic. So then let me ask, you have a family. I have a family. We've started taking like steps that sound like 
whack job, you know, prepper steps, but I just want to be prepared. We bought a cow, we bought a solar generator, uh, we're buying gold, we're buying Bitcoin, like just doing what, what can we do for worst case scenario? We're, we, we have a pass, uh, we have a, um, uh, visa for another country. If it really gets bad, what kind of things are you doing for your family to prepare for what could be coming? Well, I must say, I have to say, you're doing more than I have so far. So that is wonderful to hear. But that would be what I recommend is to, I would uh, take what we saw with COVID as a, uh, a template. Uh, look at what happened with big corporations. And we all buy from big corporations, most of us, I would say. I'm sure there are some people that have found ways not to. But we can see that uh, they can pull the rug out and demand, you know, they started with vaccine passports. Thank God that's gone for now. But what if they bring something else back that's not vaccine related, but that will affect people on the left and the right? And, and you know, were they OK, in order to buy from us X, Y, Z, you can't just come in here anymore. You have to have these certain criteria. And they, this goes back to also ties in with the money, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Yeah. Aren't so you what if describing yeah. uh, ESG scores? Is that? Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, yeah. and that's part of the also see what what happened with covid is small business got took a hit mm. you couldn't go into a small business with a mask or anything else they closed them but they shoveled everybody into walmart with hundreds of people it made no sense mm. unless the goal is to get rid of the small business and all you're left is with these big businesses that all act in unison you know, Ukraine flags, yeah, they'll all put up Ukraine flags. Nobody will 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 do anything different. Uh, same thing with COVID. So if you have it all uh, under control and the small businessman is gone, that makes it harder to do like some of the things that you're doing, yeah. you know, which is why we need small business more than ever today, you know, uh, to at least give us an out because the small business, I'm sure, when it comes to vaccine passports and all that, they weren't even going to do it anyway. They have to no. survive, right? You know, but you could get a, a a big retailer on board; they'll do it, and and they they won't worry about it. Well, and that's so, why the big retailers support it. Like yeah. the big big business, like Walmart and Amazon, they've always been the ones to support regulations. Because I, I'm a small businessman, or I was. I sold my business in the nick of time in 2018. Thank God, um, but small businesses or large businesses support regulations Mm -hmm. because they know the little guy can't afford to keep up with those regulations. It's a way to uh, regulations do not keep big companies in check. It's a way to eliminate their competition and create a monopoly monopoly. And unless you've been in small business or you're a libertarian, you're not going to get that. Like I didn't fully wrap my head around that quite honestly, until I started my own business and I saw all these regulations I had to meet that were impossible. So what you end up doing, especially here in California, is you cheat. You got to cheat to to make it through and compete. And that's that's what I did. Come get me now, whatever. I'm out of the business. <laughs> um, so you said you know they made bad decisions uh, and it put small businesses out of business. It did. Um, the only conclusion now you see that you see we left Afghanistan, which was good, but we left all those weapons behind, which was bad. Uh, we shut down the American oil supply. Uh, we've spent record amounts of money to, and just handed it out. Uh, this administration has race baited at every opportunity. 
you can either see all these decisions and say these were bad decisions that had bad outcomes like they put small businesses out, or you can see all these bad decisions and after like the 10th, 11th one, you can start to think, hmm, maybe they're doing exactly what they want to do and they're getting the conclusion they want. Um, it's a question of, are they dumb or are they evil? And at this point, I'm leaning towards they are evil. What do you think? I agree, uh, unfortunately. Now, are there dumb people involved uh, you know, in acting all this stuff? Absolutely, because not everybody involved is even aware of the big picture. But there are people that, you know, and... Uh, and again, we've talked about World Economic Forum, and even some of these billionaires, the Gateses and Soros, they're very open about what they want and how they go about doing it. So, uh, yeah, it's some of these decisions, like you said, they have very bad outcomes, and uh, but they have very good outcomes for people that are looking to control things. You know, so it's, it depends on the perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot more of us that are going to suffer. <laughs> with these outcomes versus the very, very, very few that are gaining because they have these complexes and they get to the top ruthlessly uh, and they want power. I'm sure uh, once you reach a certain dollar amount, it becomes like oxygen. You know, the next breath doesn't really mean anything as long as it's available. So they're very enticed by power and control and looking at the world uh, you know, looking down at the world and trying to control it. Uh, you know, we were talking about optimism. The optimistic part about this is they can't ultimately succeed. Um, you know, like the Soviets, like the North Koreas and the Cubas, anytime yeah. you try to control everything, it falls apart completely because we're free individuals uh, that choose. We're not, yes. and they want to, you know, they talk about, uh, treating people like like uh, automated robots, you're just going to do this and obey and obey, but we're not. And that's that's always a big problem for people that want to control. We have free will to choose our way. And that's why we should remain optimistic, because I'm sure throughout all of history, there have been plenty of th times where it looked very dire. And, you know, the out of nowhere, things gradually start to go in the other direction. So we have to at least have hope that that will uh, happen. Yeah, you're right. They can't control us and they will fail, but they can do a hell of a lot of damage and make life very miserable mm -hmm. for a long time. And I'm 48. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have 30 years to put into this. Right. Um, let, let me, let me say this. Um, this weekend, this, this made me think of this, my buddy. Um, he's probably listening because uh, he listens to the show. He listened to the Ron Paul one and he made a comment this week and he said, he said, yeah, Biden is bad, but at least he's not blatantly murdering people like Putin. And of course, I argued that Biden is blatantly murdering people and his intentions might also be equally evil. I didn't convince him. Uh, neither of these men are good men. Putin's an awful man. Uh, Biden's an awful man. In my estimation, they're just awful people. Now, I'm not saying Biden is worse than Putin. I, I don't think it, it matters, but I also wouldn't say he's any less evil. Um, if you agree with that, maybe you don't. If you don't, tell me why. But if you do agree with that, how, how would you have convinced my friend who remains unconvinced? Uh, yeah. Um, at that level of power, you're not going to find goodness. That's just, it's, it's impossible. But as far as his statement about Bi at least Biden isn't over there killing people, well, 
you don't necessarily need to stick troops in places to kill people. Uh, Madeleine Albright just passed away. And she, if, if years ago, was on 60 Minutes mm-hmm. and was asked about the 500,000 Iraqi children that died because of sanctions. Yeah. And Madeleine Albright said that it was worth it. Yes. Now, that's 500,000 children that were killed without American troops going into Iraq and doing it. Yes. Sanctions. Getting anally raped by the devil right now. Go on. Sanctions and the U.S. sanctions everybody that doesn't obey uh, are a form of warfare. Mm-hmm. And it affects the people. Not so much, you know, sometimes the governments, but the governments, you know, tax the people. So they, they do okay. And it's the people that starve, that, uh, that have lack of medicines, that have, and those aren't counted as war deaths, but they are, you know, those people are dying and suffering just the same. So, yeah, in this case, what Russians are doing to innocence is terrible, and war is terrible. There's no defense of that. But, you know, we also, like I said earlier, can't just give the U.S. wasn't just an innocent bystander saying, oh, look, what's happening over there? You know, the U.S. overthrew Ukraine's government twice in 2004 and 2014. Right. You can't even talk about that now. That happened. We, We did that. So this is not a democracy versus authority, you know, the very simple bumper sticker stuff that they give to the public. The United States has been long involved in Ukraine. Does that mean that, oh, that means what you're saying is you're saying is that Putin is right? And what he's saying, no, not at all. They're both the, the fact that both of them are fighting over this Ukraine is wrong. I am pro-American, meaning, uh, and a non-interventionist, meaning it is not the business of our government to meddle in the affairs of foreign nations. And if we followed that, we would not have we would not have this Ukraine situation today. None of this, yes. And you you said you're pro-American. I'm glad you said that. What I heard you say sounded pro-America to me. It sounded pro the American people. But what what if CNN is listening? What they're going to say is Chris is uh he's anti-american he's a traitor that's that's the narrative that's how they yeah yeah Yeah. and unfortunately a lot of people they just need their signal from from the media and then they'll just go repeat it uh so but yeah if my my view is like dr paul it's the view of our founding fathers no entangling alliances peace commerce and trade so we're not shut off from the world we're not a hermit kingdom we peacefully trade with them uh, commerce. We just do not get into these military alliances because they turn into world wars and it happened twice. And we're on the path of it happening for a third time. Yes. Yes. NATO, NATO was not set up as a peacekeeping mission. It was set up as a, as a military cooperation. That's what it is. It's a, it's a cooperation of military forces. Like, how do you think that's going to end? Um, California now, uh, back to the economy, uh, Newsom said last week sometime that what he wants to do because gas prices are high uh, is give everybody money again. <laughs> he wants to give everybody $400 to, to help out with gas, completely either unaware of the irony that that's why gas prices are high in the first place is all the money that's been handed out. Um, and people are excited about it. People, people out here, we're in California, people like this idea. Do we learn nothing ever? Like when I when I see that, it just 
again, we're talking about being positive. It just makes me feel hopeless when I see people celebrating this idea of $400. Yeah. Um, but we also get a taste of why politicians, they, they know what they're doing. They, they create policies. You know, there's very, very little that the government could actually do to help, uh, you know, a situation. They will take any problem whatsoever. And in trying to solve it, they'll create three new problems. So, and, and the, you know, part of the inflation that we're dealing with is all the money that they, they, they created out of thin air, the Fed did, and they handed it out, and now they're driving prices up. So they create a situation, and then they come back, and, okay, you, now you have this problem, well, we'll do this, and that'll create another, and it just cascades over and over. And unfortunately, the people keep going back to the person that is just mounting all of these problems. It is a fascinating thing to observe. It's, it's very uh, you know, disheartening to live through, especially when you can see otherwise. Yeah. But you know, they, they will do a bad policy where they know, yeah, this is going to create this, but they'll just come back to me and then we'll do this. Yeah. And we'll somehow make it seem like we're helping. And that's why there is that saying, the worst words are, I'm from government and I'm here to help. They are the worst words in the English language. But, you know, that's how it is. Yes. Um, That's funny. I had Hannah Cox on at the end of last week and I said exactly the same thing to her. Uh, Government, they see a problem which they created. They Mm -hmm. come with a solution which creates another problem and they come in with another solution right now we're about to see that with homelessness in in los angeles they caused it and now this new the guy who's going to be the new mayor his solution is we're going to throw a bunch of money at it to his his uh, companies that build uh real estate and he's going to build them a bunch of houses and give them all houses well what's that going to do that's going to that's going to incentivize every homeless person in the country to run out to la because you can get a you can get a free place to live Right. So you, you're going to tax the people more, build them a house, incentivize people to come here to get a free house. They're, they're absolutely brainless. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fed is starting, you know, they're starting to see that they have a, a hand in this. So they've raised uh, interest rates a quarter point, or I guess they are in April. Um, now they're saying that they might raise it another half a point in May. So it seems like maybe they are starting to except that they need to correct it. Um, However, by my rudimentary understanding of the economics, you're not going to get inflation under control unless you raise the interest rates above what the inflation is. Do they have the stones to raise interest rates to 10%? Um, I don't think so. And things will fall apart well before that. Uh, the last time that they tried to raise, I forget which year, I think it was 2019. I think they got up to 2% and, th- and then started, then went back to zero. So they couldn't even get past 2% without ever, the whole house of cards falling apart. So I don't know. And th- this, this will tie into the, what I said earlier. You can't do that. You can't micromanage people. You will corner yourself to where every move you make is is bad and wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what the, where the Fed is at. They can't keep interest rates this low because of inflation, but they can't raise interest rates because it'll, it'll collapse. You know, the markets and all the bad investments that were made are going to have to you know, be forced to be liquidated. So they are caught. And that's why central planning cannot work. 
You can't try to micromanage human life, the economy, any of it. You know, that's not the purpose of government. Of There shouldn't even be a central bank because, you know, that the moment that central bank was created 100 years ago, uh, their, their demise was written into it because you can't ultimately succeed. Now, they've lasted 100 years. So I guess for the people that were around during those 100 years, they could say they lasted this long. But they are now trapped. And I don't know. Uh, what they're going to do. Either way, it's not going to be fun. Yeah, it seems it seems like maybe they're out of move and moves. And you said they've lasted a hundred years, but if you look at money a hundred years ago to now, they've robbed money of about ninety five percent of its value. Ninety five percent. So they might be out of moves. If I had to guess, since the Federal Reserve kind of exists to uh, help the elite and steal money from the middle class. My guess is they don't want to collapse the economy. And plus, no sitting president wants the economy to collapse under them. So they're not the president won't push for that. I would think they're going to try to keep the gravy train rolling. They're going to raise it just as much as they can without collapsing the economy, which might be about one percent. And that's going to be it. And then we're just going to have inflation continue to pile up until we're to the point of hyperinflation. That's my guess. But who knows with these people? Um, you've been a, you've been a good guest. Uh, great talking to you. Um, honored to have you on. I'm so grateful for what you did regarding Ron Paul. I, I just want to ask uh, one more question. Mm-hmm. So some people, at least a larger percentage of people seem to be getting it now. Right. More people like uh, there's mostly dummies out there. <laughs> I hate to say that, but it's mostly dummies out there. But it seems like more than at any point before, there's more people awake. A higher percentage of the people are awake and starting to get it. So it seems like if at any point in history there was going to be a resurgence of a liberty movement, it has to be now. Do you think there's any chance at all, and how would it happen that that liberty takes over, that that's what people want, and that we find a way to getting that? How can that happen in your estimation? Uh, first, yes. Uh, I believe that that, and I have to believe that. Otherwise, you know, I would, why, why bother if not? You know, I believe that the truth ultimately prevails. You could go through a lot of suffering. Obviously, people are capable and are probably made to suffer to a certain extent. But the truth is always the truth. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the truth. So that has to prevail. And how it prevails is impossible for me to say as much as it's impossible for the Fed to know what interest rates can be. It's just there are some things that human beings cannot know. And so I believe that our job is to push in the right direction. And by push, I mean teach, uh, you know, the principles that are true, things that are always true, not, uh, you know, what you believe to be true or your truth, things that were two plus two equals four, that kind of stuff, economic laws, supply and demand. I think if you hitch your wagon to that star, that that argument can't lose in the end. Now, as far as uh, the people at large, at some point, they're going to find out that they live in a house of cards. Now, how that is going to happen is, again, impossible to say. It's But people as, and this is the herd part of it, that, you know, we act in, we tend to act in herds. Uh, it could happen for the good as well. 
you know, if in 1776, I'm going to assume that people were just as people have always been. But at that time, they went for the ideas of liberty because it was the winner. You know, it was the way out of what they believed they were in. So whatever has to happen or will happen, uh, whatever the conditions are, liberty will be like, yeah, we have to go for that. That's the way out of this mess. And again, the details are impossible to know ahead of time because we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, with what's happening with our government in Russia and everything. So it's impossible to say, okay, this is it's going to happen in this uh, way. But ultimately, we know our government is $30 trillion in debt. They are broke. They spend money that they don't have that can't last forever. Otherwise, it would have by now. Somebody else would have done it, you know, but it doesn't work that way. So we we have time on our side now as, our, as far as our individual lives like you said we're 48 i'm 46 you know i don't know <laughs> what we're going to see but as far as the ideas that we uh, espouse and try to help uh, people by teaching them that is going to succeed i have no doubt about that yes i like that that is a hopeful message that ultimately liberty prevails because you just you can't control people. Nobody, nobody's smart enough to do that. You, you put mm-hmm. Einstein and uh, Copernicus in a room, they're not going to be able to figure it out. So I, I like ending it on that positive note. Liberty will prevail. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for, for joining the show. Uh, can you tell people about the podcast and, and where to find you on Twitter? Thank you very much. It was a pleasure joining you. Thank you for having me as your guest. Uh, please uh, watch us uh, at, at the uh, Ron Paul Liberty Report. You could find us on YouTube youtube.com slash Ron Paul Liberty Report. But uh, things being what they are, we are also on Rumble and on Odyssey and also uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. So you can find us. Uh, Daniel, I have great colleagues. The best one, of course, is Ron Paul. Uh, My other colleague is Daniel McAdams. He is on from uh, Monday through Thursday. They talk a lot about foreign policy. I mean, what a great place to find out about, uh, you know, the Russia-Ukraine situation. And I'm on on Fridays, every Friday. And Dr. Paul and I discuss economic issues, Fed, and uh, anything economics related. Awesome. Awesome. And it is a great show. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure the people watching the show have already checked it out, but keep watching it. Like I'm taking my cues from what you guys put out over there. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much. And uh, talk to you soon. Thank you.